Hello and welcome back to Divine Life Dialogues. Reverend Dr. Autumn Renee here and Reverend Michael Scott Allen, MD. Now, we have been talking the last couple of weeks about uh, the distinction between what we're calling the death march and the path to eternal life. And so today we just want to talk a little bit about what we've actually talked about so far to bring those of you up to date who have missed perhaps those two podcast sessions. Now, when we talk about death, what we're talking about is the death of the body. Now, one of the distinctions that we did not make, and yet a lot of spiritual traditions do make, is that the body is our creaturehood. Now, I know that concept may be foreign to, to many of you, but this whole idea that the body serves a function for our soul or spirit may be a new concept to you. Now, Dr. Allen, what do you think about that? Well, I'm having trouble thinking about it because I just read Cameo 33 in The Course in Miracles that says, was there a physical resurrection? And it's blowing the whole concepts of everything. What I kind of so this is going to be an interesting discussion today. Yes, it is. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because I haven't. I'm not familiar with Cameo 23, but that's that's all good. But what about this this idea that the body is really our creaturehood in the world, in the same way that a bear has a body. A dog has a body. A tree actually has a body. Right. So when I use the word body, I'm talking about form. Right. That's exactly right. Okay. So, so we're talking about form. We're talking about incarnate. Okay. There is a body. You're incarnated in a body. Um, the whole Bible talks about Jesus being incarnated. Incarnate, I think means meat, you know, like. Oh, I hadn't thought about chunk, that. In this chunk of meat, which yeah. is the body. Of yeah. Form. So, so, so the Bible talks about Jesus incarnating in a body to come and bring us the good news. Okay, the good news. Yes. And yet. As I was getting ready for the, the session this week, um, I was looking at a Catholic student Bible. You know, that's simple enough for me to understand. I've not been Catholic, so I, I don't know all of the rituals and their concepts and so on and so forth. But I found it fascinating because... It talks about all of the places in the Old Testament where the prophets talked about resurrection. And so the first session we talked about death and what death is. And I would encourage you to go back because it was a really lively discussion. And then in the last session we talked about 
The idea that A Course in Miracles is for the purpose of changing our thinking from insane thinking to sane thinking. In other words, insanity is our biggest problem. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, I'm not insane, but your thinking may be. So the reason we're talking about resurrection this week is because when you get to what we're calling sane thinking, you will have resurrected the truth of who you are. And so that's kind of where we're going. And the path to eternal life is what takes us to the truth of who we are. As you're talking, I'm just thinking about the lemmings. Supposedly every seven years, all the lemmings run down and over the cliff and it's mass suicide. So just because the whole crowd on the whole world believes in sickness, aging, and death doesn't mean that that's the best path for you to take, you know? Exactly. Now I'm going to share part of an experience that we had recently wherein, you know, we're all getting older and, you know, you get to a point in your life where you start thinking about retirement. Okay, now it's, it's really fascinating the perspective people have about retirement. Okay, I mean you think about, now remember I'm a former English teacher and so I look not just at the form of the word, but I look at the etymology of these words, okay? And I've not looked up the etymology of retire, but I want you to think about that, just the word retire. When you retire your car, what do you do? <laughs> you replace all four wheels or all four tires, right? Okay, so, so, and, and, but I do know that the prefix re means to repeat something. Okay, so if we're repeating tire, being tired, okay, to me, that is the march to the death. Okay, that's the death march right there. Well, it's true a lot of men that retire. If they don't have a hobby, they just die within six months if they don't have a hobby, you know, because their, their purpose for living is gone. You know, so. and, and you see more and more and more. You see more and more and more men saying, oh, no, I'll never retire. Right. I mean, our, our plumber is a, is a retired plumber. Okay, this guy does everything from soup to nuts. Okay, but anyway, going back to my original point. <clears throat> so as we've gotten older, we've started thinking about retirement, and I know you have. No, can I tell him our average age? No. Okay. We're, we're, <laughs> we're both of retirement age, let's put it that way. <laughs> Neither one of us is. No, no, we're not retirement age, we're what? seniors. Yeah, we're starting the, the golden age. Okay. No, no, we're, I'm not in. I'm not going to buy into the golden age either. Okay. So, so here's here's the point I want to share with you. So, you know, there's all kinds of retirement communities and and places where you can move and have independent living, and then as you get older and sicklier, you know you. <laughs> 
move into assisted living and then you move from assisted living to to what do they call it there's memory care or there's a you know where you have and then you go to hospice and then you go to the the big death march in the sky and sometimes you're moving from the low profit independent living to the more higher profit areas of the retirement center so Okay, that's another story. <laughs> okay. okay, that's another story. But anyway, so as we have uh, together, as we have gone to, you know, see what these re- communities are like, we were struck by the energy that is in these places. Where these people are literally in lockstep with whatever they're told to do. Whatever changes take place. If they're told to do the vaccine, they have to do the vaccine if they want to live there. And, you know, I mean, these people are in their 70s and 80s. And, you know, they, they, pretty, much, they pretty much have to accept the changes that these facilities are requiring. But anyway, I will just tell you that all of a sudden, we're walking around, talking to people there. You know, we had lunch there and and so on and so forth. And I mean, all of a sudden, I was struck by this unreality. The total unreality of life in that place. And, you know, we can, I can explain that as maybe that's the total unreality for me, personally. But then the, the phrase, death march, came to me. That these people, instead of looking at life or for life, they are knowingly moving toward their death. And, 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 and again, I'm talking about the death of their creaturehood. I'm talking about the death of, of their body, their physical body. So what did Cameo 23 have to say about resurrection? Well, it's, the whole question was, was there really a physical resurrection? Oh, well, let's save that. Let's save because... that. Okay, I want to talk. Uh, a bit about what the Old Testament talks about. Okay. In terms of resurrection, because these are the prophets telling us, and then Jesus came to show us what it looks like. The demonstration. Yeah. Okay, so most of the Old Testament contains no indication of a belief in life after death. Daniel, however speaks of individual resurrection arising to life from death. This goes beyond the less specific in life after death expressed in other places. And it's similar to the, the, the belief that's expressed in Second uh, Maccabees. The understanding of personal resurrection developed late in Israel's existence. It's described as the complete transformation of the human being, the body and soul, 
after death. Okay, now he's, the, Daniel is talking about it. He says the rest, resurrection will shine like stars in Daniel uh, 12, 3. So Daniel is, is saying here that it takes place after physical death. Okay? So that's probably been the belief for, uh, I don't know, you know, hundreds of years until Jesus shows up, right? Okay, so there are 14 stories about Jesus' resurrection in the four Gospels. And none of the stories describes the actual resurrection or the physical appearance of the resurrected Christ. Matthew emphasizes God's power with dramatic symbols like earthquakes and lightning. Mark, in its original ending, focuses on the empty tomb. Luke emphasizes the living presence of Jesus in the scriptures and the Eucharist. John brings out the authority of the leaders of the early church, especially Peter's role as head of the apostles. And together, all of these stories convey the faith that the disciples had that Jesus is alive. And through God's power, life it has triumphed over death. And then the disciples' mission is to uh, communicate this good news. This is, this is a new concept. Go ahead. Well, then, but there's stories that he, they, he appeared to the disciples again, and Doubting Thomas put his finger in his hole, so in the hole on the side. And so they, were, they thought they were actually in the presence of a physical being again. Isn't isn't that your understanding that he, oh, appeared, he appeared to them physically and they touched his absolutely. body? Absolutely, they thought it was real. Yes, but here's here's here is a, a concept that's in this student Bible, this Catholic student Bible, okay. that I, that I want people to think about. Because remember, again, we're talking about sane thinking, not crazy thinking. Jesus says that we don't perceive things as they really are. We perceive them as we are. We're believing our five senses is what we're, exactly. we're trying to experience everything through our five senses, which is embedded in the illusion. Yeah, but it even goes deeper than that, doesn't it? Your thoughts and your feelings and your beliefs and your, your uh, uh, experiences. Okay? So you see what you see with your eyes based on who, what, when, where, why, and how you are. Okay, so during childhood, because this, this really goes along with insane thinking and sanity, insanity and sanity, okay? During childhood, reality and fantasy are often confused. We might believe in Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny, the Tooth Fairy, and even a monster living under our bed. We may imagine heaven as having pearly gates, 
golden streets and angels flying with harps. Now, as we grow older, some of us exchange this fantastic image for a more mature belief in the mystery of the resurrection. But many adult Christians simply do not know what to believe about life after death. Now, Christians from Corinth also had problems with the concept of human resurrection and common ideas influenced by Greek philosophy made it difficult for them to think of a body returning to life after death. For them, the body and the soul were separate. The soul was immortal and continued living after the body died. Now here's a major point that we're going to touch on later. Because according to A Course in Miracles, there is no separation between your soul and your body. It's a conceptual thing. In contrast, the Hebrews saw unity between the spiritual and material aspects of the human person. When the prophets, such as Daniel, envisioned a blessed life after death, they did not think in terms of a soul freed from the body, but in terms of a body filled once more with life. And that was their perspective of resurrection. What do you think about that? Well, I'm still <laughs> coming back to what I learned today when this cameo, it's nine pages about what there is physical Okay, but before we go there, okay, okay I, I'm going to let you share that because I'm interested to hear it. But I want to talk about what Jesus tells us the resurrection is. He says very simply, the resurrection is the overcoming or surmounting of death. Right. He demonstrated this to us. And if you believe the disciples' experience, if you believe their experience, okay, then that's the truth. Right. Okay, now, now remember, we're making a distinction between death, the death march, and the, and the path to eternal life. I, Jesus didn't just stop trying to teach this to us 2,000 years ago when he let the disciples loose to, you know, their mission was to give us the good news. He's been working with people like Helen Shuckman. There, uh, we have no idea how, how many people, as he's been working with you and me. And I'm talking about you, the person listening to the podcast. Jesus has been working with you just as much as with me. So, he says, very simply, the resurrection is the overcoming or surmounting, surmounting of death. It's a reawakening or a rebirth, a change of mind about the meaning of the world. Now, have you got that? A change of mind. 
right. from insanity to sanity. The acceptance of the Holy Spirit's interpretation of the world's purpose, the, ex the acceptance of the atonement for oneself. The atonement's the correction, like a correction in your beliefs. And your right, yeah. right. It's the end of dreams of misery and the glad awareness of the Holy Spirit's final dream. It's the recognition of God's gifts. It's the dream in which the body functions perfectly, having no function except communication. I want you to hear that, folks. Now that, that, yeah, the reading of the Course in Miracles explains how people can become breatharians and how Saint Germain may have lived 200 years without aging because he once once you turn it, you realize that the body is just an illusion that you've created, and you turn it over to God to let God handle the body, handle the illusion. So there's no need for sickness, aging, or death. And then when God's done with you, when your mission's complete, then you um, disappear <laughs> and go back home. You go back home, yeah. yeah. You don't disappear. You disappear no. from the world. Well, the body, the illusion of the body disappears. That that's what is in here in this. Was there physical resurrection? Jesus, anyway. But yeah, it's just a communication device. The resurrection <laughs> is the denial of death, being the assertion of life, and thus is all the world, all the thinking of the world, reversed entirely. Okay, I'm going to say that again. It's, it's the lesson in which learning ends, for it is consummated and surpassed. It's the invitation of God to take his final step. It's the relinquishment of all other purposes, uh, all other interests, all other wishes, and all other concerns. It's the single desire of the Son, which is you, for the Father. The resurrection is the denial of death being the assertion of life. Thus is all the thinking of the world reversed entirely. Life is now recognized as salvation and pain and misery of any kind are perceived as hell. Love is no longer feared, but it's gladly welcomed. Idols have disappeared, and the resemblance of God, remembrance of God, shines unimpeded across the world. Christ's face is seen in every living thing. There is no sorrow still upon the earth. The joy of heaven has come upon it. Okay, now tell us about Cameo 23. Okay, cam <coughs> Cameo 23. The Cameos are in the Circle of Atonement version of A Course in Miracles. And so this was written after the A Course in Miracles was published, and so it's, but it's included in this version, the Circle of Atonement version. So... Helen was sitting on with one of her friends and they were talking about the resurrection and the guy goes, well, why don't you ask the big guy, ask Jesus what, 
was it really a, because they were arguing about whether there was really a resurrection of the physical body. And so <clears throat> as they start talking about it, it helps to understand this if you've studied, if you read the course, of, if you read Autobiography of Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda, because just a brief summary there, his teacher was cremated and then his teacher later came back and appeared to two people. One of them was Yogananda. And it looked like a physical form and Yogananda ran up and hugged him. And Sri Texar said, you, you sense this as a physical form, but I see our bodies as just holograms of light. And you see them as physical bodies because your five senses are, you're embedded in a hologram and you see this as my holographic projection is real because you can touch me, feel me, you know, smell me, everything. But they're just holograms of light. And then it had, there's other story. I, I, well, which is exactly what our quantum physicists have been telling us for, what, the last 20 to 50 years, right? right. Yeah, the quantum physics is stranger than fiction. And so is what Jesus tells us in A Course in Miracles. The truth is, that will set you free is stranger than fiction. And there's other examples, like in The Course in Miracles, um, one of Paramahanda Yogananda's disciples was um, the guy that wrote Christ Consciousness, uh, Norman Paulson. So I spent a weekend with him out in California. And he said that after Yogananda died, and you know, Yogananda consciously left his body in front of 1,100 people. You know, at the end of it, his eyes rolled back in his head, and he, the body fell over dead, but his spirit was free. So he, anyway, so after that, one time, somebody knocked on... Um, Norman Paulson's door on his ranch in California, he opened the door and there was Yogananda. <laughs> so Yogananda, this was after he was dead, you know, so he came in and they talked for a while, but it was a joke because usually you tend to, the person coming back just appears in the room in a blaze of light or walks through the wall. Yogananda just, that was the joke, he just knocked on the door and he opened it and let him in instead of, you know, making a grand appearance. But, um, <clears throat> so when Jesus, Jesus said that and so Jesus' crucifixion was different in that he was under intense pain and being tortured. It was one of the most painful ways to die. See, Sri Texvar was cremated after he died sort of a natural death, and Yogananda consciously left his body under no pain. You know, Jesus is sitting there being crucified in the most painful way, and he forgives the people doing it. So he, he, he does something in addition that, he's, that no matter what, what kind of harm somebody's doing to you? You can never, you never need to respond in anger, and you can. There's no need for forgiveness because you don't judge them. Because at that point, he realized the final illusion left for him to overcome was that the physical body was real, and he overcame that at the same time of his crucifixion. So he said that as they're burying the body, you know, he realized that he was spirit. Nobody had hurt him. Nothing bad had happened, and. The final illusion that he let go of was that the body is real. It was just a projection of his own mind, and so the body disappeared. The physical body disappeared because it was just a hologram of light. And then he went to the Father and came back, and he was able to appear, you know, create another hologram just like the one that had been crucified. So he his body disappeared because it was an illusion projected by his mind, and he came back and projected another illusion of a hologram so that the disciples could interact with it. The disciples have created their own holograms and they're thinking their bodies are real, but it's just their own hologram. And so 
so that's it's and just, how that and and that absolutely relates to us. Yeah. That the body that we have built right now is just as the quantum physicists have told us energies. Yeah, there's nothing really physically solid. There's, there's, there's all these quantum. There's nothing solid the here. The quantum probability patterns. Yeah, I, and, and you know, uh, I go into that in some of the courses that I teach uh, about um, what the quantum physicists have have taught us and how it aligns with with the spiritual traditions and beliefs that we have. Um, developed so we're going to have to leave it here at this point in time um i hope that you've gotten a sense of what we're talking about in terms of resurrection that that because we all go through this process multiple times resurrecting new versions of ourselves resurrecting um new versions of the life we're living and so on and so forth and those of us who are consciously on a spiritual path are aiding the process and that's one of the things that we want to suggest to you is that you can expedite your process of getting to this to the end of the path of eternal life uh, so that you you can experience it and enjoy it in this existence with this holographic version of your physical body and which also and i'll just touch on this briefly because dr allen is fellowship trained in alternative medicine um and he's got a divine life coaching health coaching uh practice and offers information there about how you can upgrade your body hologram so that you are existing in divine life health anyway with that i want to thank you for being here and dr ellen thank you for being here as well and we will see you next time we love you guys <laughs>